0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Good morning, South Coast Christian. Good morning. Who's excited to be here today? Come on, awesome. If you're joining us online, we want to say welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to watch us today and be a part and to worship with us. And we hope that as I bring God's word, it will bless you and touch and change your life. I want to just take a moment to dismiss Echo High. You guys are dismissed. Give him a round of applause. (laughs) Also, just real quick before I get started. If you've never filled out a welcome card, or if you haven't filled out one for a long time, and you have a, a new address or a new phone number, will you please take the time to fill that out? It's also available online on our website, It'd be really helpful. We sent out Christmas cards this year, and I discovered how many wrong addresses we have in our database. So help us if you've moved or if we need a new address. If you want a Christmas card from Pastor Tom next year, I need a new card, okay? So make sure you fill that out. They're in, if you haven't found them yet, they're inside, uh, tucked in between the chairs there. You can grab those, and, uh, or you can get one out in the lobby as well, or online. So we've been in a series. This is our second week of a three-week series, Off the Grid, and I uh, hope you enjoyed last week. We talked about repentance and how we overcome temptation in our life. And this week we're going to talk about positioning yourself for victory. I'm going to say it again because no one got excited. Positioning yourself for victory. There we go. That's what I wanted to hear. If you're new with us today, uh, let me share some information with you. Over the last several years, we as a church have begun... The New Year's with a time of fasting and praying. And it's been a very important time for our church. And you might not be familiar with that concept, but it's a biblical practice, a biblical principle, where you choose to refu- re- refrain uh, from food for a spiritual purpose. And some might choose to do a complete fast, a, a one to three day fast. I, I would just say suggest a one-day fast if you never fasted it completely and then build up to a three-day fast or a seven-day fast and, and uh, you still need to have water and drink plenty of fluids. But we're encouraging as a church that you might consider doing a Daniel fast, which is a, which is a fast that you can find in the book of Daniel where Daniel fasted for 21 days and he, and he took away the pleasurable foods. And he, you know, he, he started like what Brett was sharing, uh, you know, Nuts and vegetables and some of the things that we don't eat enough of. And uh, what really actually happened is that he became stronger. And and even physically he became stronger. But spiritually he became very strong as well. Because sometimes what we need to do is we kind of need to discipline our flesh. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but your flesh drives you. Many times our flesh drives us into different directions. We need to allow the Spirit of God to drive us. We need the Spirit of God to rise up in our lives because that's what's going to change our lives. So as a church, we've kind of committed to this Daniel fast. We started last Sunday and will end on the 23rd of January. And if you decide that you want to join us for the last 14 days, man, jump in and join us. And we have information online about the Daniel fast. Or we also have information in the lobby that you can pick up uh, about the Daniel fast. Um, The whole idea of fasting is sometimes in life we just need to set aside time. And get off the grid, that's why we called it off the grid, to get off the grid, to get off the rat race and all of a sudden just spend more time with Christ. Spend more time on our knees with Jesus. Spend more time where all of a sudden we're feeling the presence of God in our life in a new and a fresh way. We can even become more spiritually focused. It's an opportunity to challenge our physical body, to challenge the flesh. I shared last week that I look at an extended time of fasting almost like a family vacation. I know that kind of sounds weird. But if you think about it, if you ever go on a family vacation, why are you doing that? What's the purpose behind a vacation? The purpose behind a family vacation, our family usually takes one every year. And uh, in fact, for Thanksgiving, we all got together at a cabin. We spent time together. Why did Annette and I spend the ridiculous amount of money for that cabin? Because we wanted to have quality time together as a family. We wanted all of our kids together. We wanted to be able to spend time with them. And and so we spent time and then we caught COVID. But it was a great time. It was wonderful, okay? Don't look down on me. It was still good. And so we needed that time together and and we built that time. Fasting is providing a way where you can get off the grid. And all of a sudden you can spend some time with Christ in a new format. Because when you start to fast, I know some of you right now, some of you already called me. You're dealing with headaches. You're, all of a sudden, you're detoxing from caffeine and from the chemicals that you put in your body. And all of a sudden, you're eating clean. And it's like, wow, this is crazy, Pastor Tom. I never knew this was going to happen. And, but if you've been fasting since last Sunday, most likely right now, guess what? It's gotten a little easier. All of a sudden, guess what? Why has it gotten easier? Because you're disciplining your flesh. You're saying, okay, I'm going to take away this, take away this. And, I, and guess what? Your flesh is going to survive. It's going to be okay. And, and what happens is that all of a sudden it starts to open up the spiritual senses of our life. And that's super important if we want to continue to grow in Christ. Its purpose, fasting, is to help us focus less on the physical things that are around us so that we can spend more intimate time with God. It's not always easy. Sometimes fasting is, is difficult. It's, it requires discipline. But little by little, guess what? We continue to grow. If done properly, a fast combined with prayer and the study of God's word will also re, re, retrain your spiritual life. Not only are you retraining your physical life with what you can eat, because I can eat really poorly, guys. I mean, I really can. But Ned I talked about, it. man, we're, we've been eating well. We don't mind this. It's been, it's been good for our physical bodies. And I'm thinking, I might just stay on this fasting gig for a little bit longer than that because this is good. And I need more of the, just a spiritual focus on God. And sometimes we don't need to fast food. You need to fast other things. Amen. There's some things in your life that maybe you are taking priority over God. Guess what? It's time to fast that. It's time to put that aside Amen. so that you can have a focus on God. Amen. I believe that the uh, spiritual rewards of fasting far outweigh our, the physical challenges. And let me share with you some of the spiritual rewards that we can gain when we spend time fasting and praying. First thing is fasting exposes the heart. Fasting strips away one of the favorite comforts that we, uh, and quickly exposes what really controls our life. It kind of uncovers us. When all of a sudden you start going through the withdrawals of the caffeine, all of a sudden you start realizing... Man, I really depend on that Starbucks every day. For many of us, food is a source of comfort. It brings fulfillment. Man, give me a good medium steak. Not, I know some of you like medium rare. It's too rare. Medium steak, man, a little blue cheese. Oh, man, there's some comfort in that. Some of you guys are hungry, I know. Many times food is used to help us forget difficulties that we might face. We use food as an escape from our problems because all of a sudden, food can kind of bring fulfillment in your life, but it's only temporary fulfillment. When we fast, it forces us to look within. It helps us to reveal those issues that we keep on ignoring in life, that we just kind of keep on pushing aside. For example, maybe you're struggling with unhappiness. What's constantly bringing this unhappiness in my life? And what happens when you feel that? You go and eat something. Or maybe maybe it's not in happiness, maybe all of a sudden you just have this loneliness in, in your life, and, and you, and you kind of use food to get away from loneliness. Or maybe you have the constant thoughts of failure. Man, I'm just not going to succeed, I'm just going to be... And all of a sudden, you know what, man, a big old plate of nachos is going to help me get past that failure. I know it is. Maybe, maybe it's contentment. Maybe you're just not content. You're, you're just never satisfied and you can't figure out why. But many times we hide or we interrupt these thoughts by eating. And we never really uncover the source or the real cause of the issue. Fasting forces us to deal with our feelings and our problems by a different venue other than eating. Hopefully it drives you, drives you to prayer, drives me to prayer. Giving God an opportunity to reveal insight and revelation into our life. I don't know about you, but man, if I'm having a bad day, I'm just being really super honest right now, very transparent. If I'm having a bad day, a bacon cheeseburger with Cajun fries, you know, that little Cajun spice on there, and a chocolate shake. Mike, you know what I'm talking about? I, sent, I literally sent Mike to the hospital with a chocolate shake about six, what, three or four or five months ago. man. All of a sudden, it takes my perspective off my problem. But it doesn't resolve my issue. All it does is mask it. All it does is set, sets it aside. I never deal with the real issue of my life. Maybe it's not a cheeseburger. Maybe your vice is not a cheeseburger. Maybe your vice is a Red Bull. Maybe it's a Starbucks. Maybe it's not food at all. Maybe it's surfing the Internet or, or gaming or, or TV. Whatever it might be, when we choose to fast, it forces us to strip away the items that we have become reliant upon so that we can become more reliant upon God. It all of a sudden exposes our heart and our real feelings. And all of a sudden, guess what? God can start working on our heart. Biblical fasting is designed to bring our focus back to God. Where your satisfaction is not found in your food, but your satisfaction is found in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Listen to the scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. filled. What are you hungry and thirsting after? We need to hunger and thirst after righteousness. We need to hunger and thirst after the presence of God, because if we do so, we will be filled by his presence. The second thing I want to share about where fasting lead us towards, or the rewards of fasting. Fasting helps us refocus. Food is not bad. Man, I thank God for food every day. Amen. Man, it's, it's part of, the, God knew that we need food. In fact, he created the plants, he created the animals, he created a food system for us so that we can enjoy food. So God created everything that we eat. I was eating a carton of raspberries because that's on my Daniel fast, and I was eating those raspberries, and they were really, they were just they were, they took me all the way back when I was a kid, about seven eight years old, when I used to pick raspberries in the field, and I had to fill up that what was that called a, vase yeah whatever it was I had to fill that up man it was starting to bring me back, but I couldn't help but think a little bowl of white uh, vanilla ice cream, <laughs> underneath those raspberries, <whistles> could have made it even a little bit better, you know what I'm saying? But food is good. In fact, all of God's creation is good. His creation is for us to enjoy. But we can never enjoy creation more than we enjoy the creator. There, Amen. See, anybody can enjoy God's creation. Man, you go up to the mountain lakes, or go boating, or if you go up skiing, or wherever you might go out in the ocean, go take a sail over to Catalina, whatever. Everybody can enjoy God's creation. But we are called to enjoy the Creator. Our enjoyment should be in Jesus, not just in His creation. Otherwise, what we'll do is we'll miss the ultimate prize. The ultimate prize is is spending eternity with God in heaven. There's going to be a lot of people. I'm just going to share something with you. There's going to be a lot of people that have gotten through this life enjoying God's creation but never knowing God. Never knowing Christ as their... Their their personal savior. Never know understanding that their responsibility is to follow after Jesus. I heard a pastor say it once this way. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Isn't that good? God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. A biblical fast is designed to move us from the physical to the spiritual. It pushes us to be more reliant upon God as a source of our strength. I believe the feelings of failure, the feelings of inadequacies, the the feelings of the, the lack of contentment, the struggles of loneliness happen when we become too focused on the physical instead of the spiritual. We look to the physical world to meet our needs. Instead of looking to Jesus to be the one, who meets our needs. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Look at Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. These are powerful words. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You're looking for peace? You looking for peace? Guess what? Here's a promise in the Bible. Not only is it a promise, it's a formula that we can follow if we want to find peace in our lives. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all whose trust is in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. As we put our trust in God and keep our thoughts focused on God and his purposes, then, guess what? We find peace in our life. We find peace from failure. We can find peace instead of inadequacies. We find peace instead of loneliness because our perspective of life changes. From focusing on the physical, all of a sudden we've changed and we start to focus on the presence Amen. of God. Amen. That brings us peace. Amen. I'm always amazed when I hear of a family that all of a sudden go through a, just a crisis or a tragic situation and they I mean, it's, it's difficult. And I hear these powerful testimonies. Where all of a sudden they'll share that, man, you know, I don't know why, but I was going through this just tragic, difficult time. I've heard these stories over and over. But in the midst of it, I found this tremendous peace. I found a peace I've never felt before. I found a peace that really passeth what the scripture says, all understanding. It's a peace that changes, really changed my life. And they don't ever regret going through that situation because of what they discovered. And I want to share what happens when we get in a difficult situation When all of a sudden everything comes against us, all of a sudden we're put in where we feel like we're going to drown. Sometimes that happens. God allows that to happen in our life because all of a sudden now we put our trust in God and God alone because that's our only hope. See, so many other times we put our hope in everything else. In doctors, in our job, in our employment, in our house, in our cars. We put our hope everywhere else and we forget to put our hope in Jesus. How stupid of us. I do it. I'm not calling you stupid. If I say you stupid, I'm stupid, okay? So we're, we're all in this together. We're a bunch of stupid people. I think God says that in the Bible, you bunch of ignorant people. Thank you. I am preaching today. But the crisis all of a sudden made their focus change. See, fasting sometimes puts a little crisis in our life to make our focus change from the physical onto the spiritual. And all of a sudden we place our trust in God and God alone, and then we find peace in our life important, physical problems become less important, all of a sudden we start experiencing God's presence, and we start discovering that God's presence is essential, and we don't want to let, it go, let go of that. I'm going to share some, something here today that I might offend some people, but we've already locked the doors. Uh, your computer your, your will not turn off. You're going to have to keep watching me. But we've been living in a time where we've been choosing to put our hope in political party or in a government to find the answers for the problems of this nation. And may I remind you today that the answer is not found in a political party. The answer is not found in government. The answer is found in Jesus Christ. We as a church need to be reminded of that every single day, that our answer is not found in a president or in a Congress or in a Senate or in anything like that. Our answers are found in Jesus. As a church, let's get back on track. I feel like over the last while, the church has, church has got off track. I'm just telling you, I'm just being honest, very transparent as a pastor right now. I have struggled over the last year, couple years. It's been a struggle. Because I start seeing that we're all of a sudden we become reliant on the physical things, the things of this world, instead of becoming reliant on Jesus, who can set us free from this world. All of a sudden, why are we putting roots in here when our roots are, should be in heaven? Thank you. In the world, not of the world. Thank you for helping me today. We think policies and legislations, I can't even say the word, will change what's happening in our world. This is what the Pharisees thought. They thought, if we apply a few more rules here, if we apply a few more laws here, then guess what? We're going to make people want to to not love God, but they're going to obey, they're going to start serving, they're going to do the right thing. It failed miserably. If we create more laws, if we apply more rules, this will not force people to follow God. It's foolish thinking. It's been tried. It's been failed. It's failed. The only thing that will bring people back to God is a heart change. And that requires more exposure to God's love because it's God's love, it's God's goodness that draws people to repentance. We know that. That's a scripture. We know it's God's goodness. And we need to have more of God's love out in the world, not more policies, not more procedures, not more laws. It's God's love that's going to change the direction of a person's life. The only hope for this country is not more government, not more policies. The hope is the love of God. And this is the job of the church. I think we've gotten a little bit out out of focus. Our job as a church is one thing, guys. It's to love people. Love God, love people. If we start loving people with the love of God, it's going to change people's directions. And they're going to put their eyes and focus on Jesus. But if all of a sudden we as a church become distracted... Because all of a sudden we start following a political system or or whatever we might be. And I'm not saying government's bad, I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying that we have to realign ourselves with God and do the work of the church. Amen. And that is to love people. Amen. Okay. So let's just get back to being in the church. Amen. Amen. Let's do it. Starts with us. The last reward I want to highlight today is this fasting prepares. Us for something new. There's a passage in the Bible that talks about new and old wineskins. How you can't put new wine into old wineskins. And the reason for that is an old wineskin is aged. It gets, it gets tight. It, the, 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 the leather doesn't stretch anymore. There's no, there's no more elasticity. I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying words today, but I am. But it's not elastic. And what happens, you put new wine into that, and that new wine starts to ferment, and it starts to expand. And all of a sudden, what it will do, it will burst the old wineskins. You put new wine into new wineskins. How many of you have ever heard of that Bible story, the parable that Jesus shares? Yeah. Many times we forget that that passage of Scripture that's found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we forget that that passage of Scripture is connected to the question of fastening fasting. And listen to the following verse. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. It says, One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Now, it's an interesting scripture because many times I hear that this has come from the Pharisees. And it actually doesn't come from the Pharisees. It actually comes from John the Baptist and his disciples. They're the one that asks the question to Jesus. Why don't your disciples fast like we do and like the pharisees do and jesus replies this way matthew 9 15 do wedding guests mourn while celebrating the groom of course not but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast jesus loved to use illustrations to respond to questions and his illustration takes us to an event of a wedding and weddings in in jesus day they were big events I mean, you would bankrupt your household to put on a wedding, basically. I mean, they were not a one-day event. They could last it for up to a week. They were a huge event, and the entire town would come in and be a part of this wedding event. What Jesus was explaining to John's disciple is that there is no need for his disciples to fast because they had the very presence of Jesus with them each and every day as they were walking. They had Christ himself with them. In this illustration, Jesus represents the groom, and we as a church represent his bride. Now, for John's disciples, it's probably a difficult time, because most likely, this was the time when John the Baptist was probably actually in prison. So it was a heavy time for them. But for Jesus' disciples, they were experiencing something brand new. They were experiencing their Savior. Think about it. Jesus was making the blind see. He was making the deaf hear. He was cleansing the lepers. He was healing the sick. He was feeding those who were hungry. He was doing the miraculous. It was not a time for fasting. It was a time for what? Celebration. Because God was there. Then Jesus shares a couple of other illustrations. And I want us to look at the one that's found in verse 17 of Matthew 9. Jesus says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For old skins would burst from the pressure, spill in the wine and ruin the skins. New wine is stored in new wine skins so that both are preserved. The reason you can't put that new wine into old wine skins, I already told you, it just won't work. The old skin has no ability to stretch. But the question that I would have for all of us today is this. What does this illustration have to do with Fasting. And there are a couple different takeaways from this parable that I want to share with you today. The The first takeaway is that Jesus was ushering in a new covenant. Judaism was the old covenant. It was under the law. And Jesus was ushering into a new covenant that was under grace. It was no longer that you're going to be able to work for your salvation, which never worked. It was a failed system. It never was going to succeed. So Jesus came to Earth, and all of a sudden now He's ushering in a new system. It's a system of grace. We're no longer are, is it all about the law because the, Jesus fulfilled the law. Now it's about your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, guess what? You find grace. Amen. So that was the first. That's the first part of what Jesus is is sharing here. That that first takeaway that we got to put our our our. our our salvation is not contingent upon the law. Our salvation is contingent upon our faith in Jesus Christ. Trying to mix the old with the new, that's what Jesus is saying. Trying to mix the two together is never going to work, guys. But another takeaway is to understand that fasting was not to be eliminated. Jesus said, when the groom leaves, then, then my disciples will fast. We see that in the second half of Verse 15. But it's the key to understand this. It's no longer required by the law. Now guess what? It's a voluntary thing that we can do so we can have a greater relationship with Christ. It's all of a sudden disciplining the flesh so that our spiritual senses become awakened to God. That's why we do it. Sometimes, I want to share this other thought with you. Sometimes we need to become a new wineskin. If we want to receive a new anointing or a new revelation in our life, guess what? We can't be an old wineskin. We need to have And sometimes fasting helps us to all of a sudden cleanse everything out. All of a sudden to reset our thinking so that our focus is on Christ. So when God wants it, maybe God wants to do a new thing in your life for 2021. Maybe he wants to all of a sudden open up new doors that you never could have imagined. He wants you to step through those doors. But because you're living in the old system of your life, previous ways, but guess what? When he brings those blessings into your life, you're not going to see them. You're going to miss it. I believe many times God is waiting to release his power, his anointing, when we are ready to receive it. But how can you do something new in you if you're stuck in your old ways? Or I should say it this way, not old ways, in your own way. Come on. To to receive a fresh anointing from God, we need to make sure that we are a vessel that can handle God's anointing. Otherwise, his power will break us. Just like the old wineskins burst because of the fermented wine. Many people can't handle a new revelation, a new anointing, because they're still living under the old wineskins. It reminds me of the Israelites being delivered from Egypt. Some of you know that story where Moses said, let my people go. Pharaoh didn't want to do that. He kept on hold on the Israelites. But here's the key. They get to the Red Sea. Moses stands there, puts out a staff. <laughs> the Red Sea parts. They walk through on dry land. They go into the desert. And Scripture says that the, the Israelites have become so accustomed to being in bondage, to being slaves, that after just a little time... They started desiring to go back to Egypt, to go back to bondage, to go back to slavery. They were desiring to go back to the old things that they knew. They were desiring to go back to those instead of doing something new that God had for their life. They longed to go back to Egypt. Back into the In fact, only Joshua and Caleb were the only two Israelites that made it into the promised land. All the rest of the Israelites from that generation passed away out in the desert. And it made me think of this. God brought them through the Red Sea. Where were they going, guys? Promised land. The blessings of God. But via the route of a desert. And you see, all they could see as a desert, all they could see was difficulties, problems. That's all they saw. And yet the desert was the road to the promised land. Yeah. See, what is God trying to do in you in th- so that you get something? He can get something through you. What is God? Maybe you think you're in a desert time, and maybe God is saying, no, you're not in the desert time. You're on my path to a blessing. Right. You're on the path in the direction that I'm going to pour out a blessing and anointing in your life that you can't even contain. But first, got to understand, it's the blessings of God. See, the Israelites thought they were cursed out in the desert. And they were actually being blessed. It's because they were living under an old system, under an old wide skin. And there's times in our life where all of a sudden, if you want God to do a new thing in you, you need to cleanse yourself from all that other thinking. All that negative thought. All that stupid stuff that people have said in the past all those things that try to hold you back from doing what God's calling you to do, you need to step out in faith. But you don't step out in faith in yourself. Otherwise, you're going to fail. You step out in faith with what? The presence of God. How do you get the presence of God? you got to spend time with Christ. you got to say no to the physical, the flesh that tries to lead you. No more going to deemers like I've been and going all right straight to that chocolate shake. I'm going to spend time more. You know, I'm just using a funny there. But we got to spend more time with Christ. If you want a breakthrough in your life, we must be prepared to receive it. Otherwise, God's blessings will look like obstacles instead of opportunities. Today, I just encourage all of us, let's get ready for 2021. And let's make 2021, no matter what anybody else might tell you, let's make 2021. Guess what? Let's walk through it as the blessings of God be important into our life. Amen? 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 Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for this time where we as a church have been fasting and praying. And there's some real issues, Lord God, that are, that have, that are coming up or that have been that we have to fast and pray for. But I, God, I know that your presence is the answer to all of our needs. And your power, Lord God, can set us free from the difficulties of things that we might see, the physical world that tries to put us down. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, we as a church, that Lord God, we will not rely on anything but you, that we will rise up in 2021 and we will be the church that shares the love of God. Let us be that church, I ask, Lord. If you're here with us today, every eye bowed, every eye is closed for just a moment. If you're watching us online right now, and you've never really had an encouragement why I should follow Christ, I want to share with you today, take the first step of faith. God can change your life. The Word of God says that all it requires is that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. Say no to sin, start, start turning away from sin, start turning toward Jesus, ask for His forgiveness. If you do those things, guess what? You are a child of God, a follower of Christ. Forever marked down into the eternity of heaven, you have eternal life with Jesus Christ. If you make that decision today, I want to hear from you. Uh, just put it in the chat box online, or if anybody here today make that decision in the congregation, come talk to me. I would love to just sit, sit down and share with you. So, you know what? This is the most important thing that we do, is sharing God's love and letting people be set free from their sins. Amen. Lord, we thank you for everybody that made a decision for you today. Lord God, I pray that you would help them, guide them, direct them, help them to do what is right, help them to follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.